0: Lesson number one hundred and forty-four, Surah Al Isra, ayah number forty to sixty. Afa asfaakum. A has, fa then asfa he chose. Kum you. There's so many words in one word. Afa asfaakum. Then, has your Lord chosen you? Afa asfaakum, rabbukum. What? You think that Allah. Chose you exclusively Bilbanina for sons, meaning what do you think? Is it even possible? You think that your Lord has chosen exclusively you for having sons? That only you deserve banin? What and that he has taken Minal Malaika from among the angels, Inatha. Females, meaning female daughters, Indeed, you are saying a grave saying. What you're saying is something very serious. In the previous ayah, we were told to keep away from shirk. Over here, shirk is being negated. Associating partners with Allah is being negated. Remember that shirk is of many types. Many people associate partners with Allah in different ways. One way is that children are ascribed to Him. There are people who say, God has a son. Others, mushrikeen, they used to say that God has daughters. And who are those daughters? They said that the angels, they are actually daughters of Allah. But the mushrikeen, the Arabs, at the same time, what did they like for themselves? Daughters? Sons. We learned earlier that when one of them is informed about the birth of a daughter, what happens to his face? Gloomy. He's so embarrassed. And then he's wondering, should I let this child live and remain in embarrassment and humiliation for the rest of my life? Or should I just kill her and get it over with? And what is it that they would usually do? Kill their daughters, some people. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is questioning the mushrikeen that if you do not like daughters for yourself, then why do you think your God would choose daughters for Himself? This doesn't mean that Allah would like to have a son. No, He is above having a son. He is above having daughters. But basically, what is being done over here is that the baselessness of their shirk is being established. But think about the shirk that you do. Your shirk, your beliefs that you have about God, according to your standards even, does it make sense? Is it logical? according to your standards even. Some people when they read these ayat, they say, look, the Qur'an is so anti-women. This is not the point over here. Women are not being denounced. Daughters are not being denounced over here. Shirk is being proven as something false, even according to the culture, the logic of the mushrikeen. That come on, you don't even choose daughters for yourself. And you ascribe daughters to Allah. What are you saying? Do you realize that, إِنَّكُمْ لَتَقُولُونَ قَوْلًا عَظِيمًا You're saying something very, very serious. You're associating partners with Allah when He has no partner. And you're saying something without any knowledge, just based on assumption. قَوْلًا عَظِيمًا How great, how serious is the statement of ascribing partners to Allah. It is so serious that in Surah Maryam, ayah 88 to 93, we learn, وَقَالُوا al Rahmanu وَلَدًا They say that the most merciful has a child. Allah says, لَقَدْ جِئْتُمْ شَيْئًا إِدَّا You have done an atrocious thing. So atrocious it is that تَكَادُ السَّمَوَاتُ يَتَفَطَّرْنَا مِنْهُ وَتَنْشَقُّ الْأَرْضُ وَتَخِرُّ الْجِبَالُ هَدَّا It is so serious that the heavens, the skies would almost rupture and the earth would split open and mountains would collapse in devastation. And دَعُوا لِلْرَحْمَانِ وَلَدَا that they are attributing to the Most Merciful, a child. This is such a serious sin to say that Allah has a partner, to say that Allah has a child. And this is not the only place that we are being told about how wrong shirk is, what a serious crime it is. So many times in the Quran we have read, in so many different ways, that Allah is one. He has no partner. He has no need of a child. There is no child that he has because there is no one like him. And he is like no one. وَلَقَدْ صَرَّفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ And certainly we have diversified in this Qur'an. صَرَّفْنَا from تَصْرِيف Sadrafa Sarf صرف, صَرْف is basically to turn. Right? So for example, to turn something, to change it, and to bring it back again in a different manner. Right? in a different manner. So for example, Tasrif al Riah. Tasrif is also used for the winds. The changing of the winds. Why? Because sometimes the wind blows from one direction and it's really chilly, really cold. And then what happens? At another time, the wind, it blows from another direction and it's so nice and warm and cooling and comforting. Right? So this is Tasrif. When something comes in one way and then it stops, it goes away, and then it comes again in a different way. It's brought again in a different way. So, وَلَقَدْ صَرَّفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ Meaning the contents of this Qur'an, they are mentioned over and over again. In the same way? No, in different ways. Why? لِيَذَّكَّرُوا So that they can understand, they can remember. Because what is our problem? As human beings, we forget too quickly. We read about the importance of eating halal, but then what happens? Again, we forget. We learn about the importance of speaking the truth, but then we forget again. We learn about the importance of, you know, keeping our intentions sincere, but then again we forget about it. So as human beings, because we forget constantly, what happens? We need reminders. And in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given reminders. The same message is given, not once, not twice, but multiple times in different ways. Some people, they benefit from this variety. Because if they did not understand at one particular place, inshallah they will understand by reading another ayah. Right? If they learned once and they forgot, the second time they came across the same theme, they will remember and they will change their ways. However, many people, what happens to them? يزيدهم, and this does not increase them. Illa Nufura except in aversion. Nufur, aversion, dislike. This feeling of estrangement. And nufur, it's like you just want to avoid it. You want to run away from it. Keep away from it because nufur is also used for, like a small army, right? A band of men of soldiers. What do they do? They go out. So, like, when a person is feeling averse to something, what does he do? He just leaves. He goes away. وَمَا يزيدهم إِلَّا نُفُورًا Now, what do we learn in this ayah? That there are many commands or many concepts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us in the Qur'an. And He has not mentioned them only once, but He has mentioned them multiple times in different ways. Why? Out of His mercy, for our benefit. So that if we didn't understand the concept of Tawheed at one place, hopefully we will understand it, Add another. Now this is something beneficial. Think about it. At school, when you learned your alphabet in your junior kindergarten, was that the only time that you read your alphabet? No, you repeated them in senior kindergarten. Right? Your numbers, your basic addition and subtraction and multiplication, the basic concepts, aren't they repeated over and over again? They're repeated over and over again. Why? Why? Because as human beings, we forget. Suratul fatiha How many times are we supposed to recite it in one day? So many times. Right? For our own good. Because repetition is what? Practice. And practice makes perfect. But some people, because they don't like the very contents of the Qur'an, each time something is repeated, they're like, oh, 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 again, again. I've heard enough. I don't want this anymore. This is just like when rain falls. Okay, if the land is fertile, if the land is good, what's going to happen? It's going to benefit from that rain. If it rains a lot, it's going to benefit a lot. But if the land is bad, then what will happen? It will get flooded. It will get smelly. It will be the reaping ground for. So many mosquitoes and so many diseases and problems, right? So it depends on the person. If they are seeking guidance, if they are seeking to become a better person, each time something is mentioned in the Quran, they will benefit. But if they don't like the very commands that Allah is giving, then each time they come across it, they'll be like, I had enough. And especially the concept of Tawheed, how many times is it mentioned? Qul low kana kanamarhu alihah. It's as if we were being prepared, because now again, Tawheed is going to be clarified. Qul kana alihah. Say if there were with Allah, with Him, other gods. Kama just as these people claim that Allah has partners or that there are multiple gods. Iddan then لبتغو. Surely they would have sought. Who? Those gods. What would they seek? to arsh, The owner of the throne, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sabila away. Meaning, then those gods would not remain where they are. What would they do? They would make a way up to the arsh in order to compete for the highest position. There would be a power struggle. There would be constant conflict. This world that you live in, there would be no peace. Of course, I mean the problems that we've created for ourselves, yes, we have no peace because of that. However, we see that despite the problems that people make for one another, the sun, the moon, the sky, the earth, the trees, the water, everything, it's functioning in perfect harmony. Why? Because behind all of this is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And if there were multiple gods, then what would happen? What would happen? There would be divine wars going on all the time. And who would be affected? We would be affected. Think about it. If there are two countries, two countries side by side, constant conflict, who's going to suffer? The people living in those countries. Right? They're going to suffer the most. So likewise, if there were multiple gods, then we would see a lot of division that, oh, today the sun didn't come out, we have no day because such and such God took over and He decided to not let the sun come out. We would be suffering. This is just like, you know, when there's conflict between two countries and what happens? One attacks the other and there's no power and there's no water. Aid is prevented. We hear about this all the time. If because of our power struggles at a human level, There is so much chaos. Imagine if this power struggle was at a divine level. Just imagine the chaos that this universe would be in. But anytime you see, you know, an image of mountains or rivers or sea or anything, what does that bring to you? So much peace. Just looking at it's so peaceful. You look at a city, you know, a concrete jungle, and what do you see? Problems. And you look at a real... You know, jungle, of wood, of green. What do you see? Beauty and peace. Why? Why? Because it's being run by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone.
1: I once did this da'wah training, and the brother who was teaching it, he helped point out like how illogical multiple gods would be. Because like at the beginning you're supposed to define that the definition of a person being a god is that he is all-powerful. If there are more than one gods, automatically they can't be because you can't have more than two all-powerful beings yes. because they're, they're sharing the power, yes. which also results in all the chaos and everything. So it's just not possible for exactly. there to be more than one God. Yes,
0: This is why, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ اللَّهُ أَلَّذِي لَمْ يَلِدْ ولم يولد. Because even if God was to have children, then what happens? A king, his son, what does he do? Kills the father, so that I can already become a king. If
1: you look at most of the ancient Greek stories as well, you see how many gods there are and how much they're fighting for each other for power. And it's constantly a war and everyone on the earth is getting affected. Yeah.
0: This is why in al Anbiya, ayah 22, Allah says, illa Allah la fasadata." If there were other gods besides Allah, then what would happen? This earth and sky would be corrupted. They would be destroyed. Subhanahu, exalted is He. Do you even understand who Allah is? He is perfect. Subhan. You know what Subhan means? When we say Subhanallah, when we do tasbih of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, it's basically to declare that Allah is perfect, He is above any weakness any resemblance to the creation. He is above any fault, any deficiency. He is Allah because He is one and there is no one like Him. SubhanAhu perfect He is, Wata'ala and high above. يقولون, above what they say. Uluwan Kabira by great sublimity. The fact is that we have not understood who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, who God is. Because if we truly understood how great He is, how powerful He is, how unique He is, then we would never dare associate partners with Him. And we would never dare reject Him. The one who does shirk, the one who rejects Allah, the fact is that he is not correctly understood Allah this is why in the quran we are told wama qadarullah they have not given allah the true value that he deserves they have not understood him correctly subhanahu wa ta'ala above what they say kabira by great sublimity so many lies people say about allah so many wrong things they say about him the fact is that he is high above them. To it glorifies Lahu for him, As Sabu, the seven skies, while al-ardu and the earth, waman fihin, and those in them. The sky, the earth, and every every creation that is within the sky and within the earth, what is it doing? It is glorifying Allah. It is doing tasbih of Allah. It is declaring the perfection of Allah. How is it declaring the perfection of Allah? In two ways. One kind of tasbih is through qawl, through speech. By saying, subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. This is tasbih through qawl. When you say the words in order to declare the perfection of Allah. And the other kind of tasbih is through hal, through one state. That the state of every creature what is that exhibiting? What is that showing? What is that reflecting? The perfection of the Creator. So, تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنْ وَإِمَّنْ shay'in, And there is not a thing illa except bihamdihi. It is exalting Him by His praise. Meaning everything is praising Allah. Why? Because they are all His creation. Animate and inanimate. Every single creature, every single thing, from an atom to an ant to a human being and a huge angel, what are they doing? Glorifying and praising Allah. But you wonder how can they do tasbih of Allah? All of them. Especially when majority of these creatures don't even have a mouth to speak with. Then how do they do tasbih? Allah says, "Wala'kin butَ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ You do not understand their tasbih. إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفُورًا Indeed, Allah, He is ever halim, forbearing, and غَفُور, forgiving. Now, I mentioned to you earlier that tasbih is of two kinds tasbih through hal and tasbih through qawl. What is tasbih through hal, through one state? That every single creature, through its very state, what is it doing? Glorifying Allah. Declaring Allah's perfection. Because every creature, big or small, whether it is living or non-living, whether it can speak or it cannot speak, every creature, if you look at it, if you examine it, how beautifully Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made everything. How everything has a purpose. How everything has its unique characteristics, unique qualities with which it is constantly functioning and growing. I mean, just think about these birds. That how, when the season changes, when the temperatures drop, who teaches them, go this way and not go that way? And go towards this side, and fly for this amount of time, alright, and then stop over here for a break, and then move on to the next stop, and that is where you will be for the next few months, and then you'll come back. Who teaches them? Who has taught them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So, Allah is the one who made all of this, this amazing universe that we see. I mean, at every level, this universe is amazing. Whether you look at the world of the birds, or you look at the world of the ants, or you look at the world of the termites, or plants, I mean, everything is reflecting the perfection of the Creator. The perfect ability and the power of the Creator. So by their very state, what is the entire creation doing? glorifying Allah, declaring His perfection. But the meaning is not just limited to that. It also means that everything is doing tasbih with qawl. Even the birds, and even the carpet that you're sitting on, and even the walls, and the pillars, everything is doing what? Tasbih of Allah. How? Do we hear it? No, we don't hear it. With a mouth, Allahu A'lam how? We don't see their mouth, we don't know about their mouth, we don't know about their tongue, but everything is glorifying Allah. Because the fact is that the creation that Allah has created, even though we perceive many of these creatures to be inanimate, they do communicate with their Lord. Remember this. Living and non-living. What do they do? They communicate with their Lord. Like for example, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when He created the skies and the earth, He said that, come obediently, willingly, or unwillingly. And the skies and the earth, they all said, we come willingly. Now they communicated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? He knows best. Likewise, in the hereafter, we learn that the hellfire when so many people will be cast into hellfire, the hellfire will keep demanding, hal مِنْ mazid, hal min mazeed Are there any more? Are there any more? So again, the hellfire will also communicate with its Rabb, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the entire creation, what is it doing? It is glorifying Allah, doing tasbih. So this shows to us that inanimate beings also, they have feelings, they have some level of consciousness. Now what kind of consciousness is that? Allah knows best, but they do have. Some creatures, their level of consciousness, we can understand, we can see it. Like for example, a plant. There's different kinds of plants, right? But certain plants, what do they do? They literally catch prey. Don't they? I mean, if you think about it, a plant, how can that catch prey? But it does. Right? Underwater creatures also. It's amazing. I mean, coral, what does it look like? It looks like, you know, moss and flowers and plants. But what do we learn about coral? That it's actually a living thing. Right? They're living creatures. So, some of these creatures, we can tell, okay, they have life. They're living. They change. They catch prey. And others, we don't see the life in them. But the one who created them, he has given each creature its own kind of life. So every creature is doing tasbih of Allah. Remember that minbar? Or rather not even the mimbar, but just the piece of wood that the Prophet ﷺ used to use as his minbar. He would sit on it or stand on it in order to address the people. And then what happened? He requested that somebody make a proper mimbar for him from wood. So when that was brought, and that piece of wood was moved, the people literally heard Anas radiallahu anhu, he was a child at that time and he narrated this incident. That how he heard the sounds of a camel in labor, as if a camel was squealing and making that noise in pain, as if somebody's sobbing and crying. They heard that sound. And where was that sound coming from? From that piece of wood. And the Prophet ﷺ went to it and touched it and held it in order to comfort it. So this is also an evidence that these creatures... They do feel. They have feelings. You want to say something?
1: In physics, I learned a really interesting concept. I learned that everything around us has an inner natural resonance to it. It's very interesting. We did an experiment where uh, it's sort of like sound waves. And my TA, he turned up the, the sound waves and the floor itself started shaking. And so, I mean, I don't know if that is like sort of communication But subhanAllah, everything does have something inside of it Something we just don't understand exactly what it is But everything has its own natural resonance And you know, Allahu alam what that means But like it's there
0: It's there I mean, if you think about it, ants, we look at them And we don't know how they communicate with each other We don't hear any sound Right? Even crickets How do they make that sound? How? With a mouth? No, through something else through a different mechanism that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created within it. So every creature is created with the ability to glorify and praise Allah azza wa jal, the creator. Now if you think about it, all the different creatures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, who is the one who has been blessed the most? Who is it? It's human beings, right? Now if you think about it, a grain of sand, which... mean, has been lying on a beach since hundreds of years and perhaps will continue to be there for hundreds of years. What is it doing? Glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what are we doing? We travel from one place to another. We eat, we drink, we see, we hear, we feel, we experience so many different blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. How much are we glorifying and praising Allah? This is what we need to look at. We are the ones who are the most blessed In every way, in so many ways. Emotionally, physically, mentally. There are so many things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us. But how moist is our tongue with the dhikr of Allah? Unfortunately, when we do talk, what is it that we talk about? The things that are wrong. The things that are not right. The things that we don't like. And is that doing tasbih of Allah? No, it's the opposite of that. The creation is busy glorifying Allah. And what are we doing? This is what we need to reflect on. So, anytime you're sitting somewhere, you know, look around you and think, oh, this roof is actually doing the Sbih of Allah. And these pillars are also doing the Sbih of Allah. And here I am sitting with my mouth shut and my brain just wandering, you know, from mall to the supermarket to the street to the car and what so and so said and what so and so looks like. What am I thinking about? Why am I wasting my life? Why am I wasting these moments that Allah has given me? Busy your tongue in the dhikr of Allah. Busy your tongue, occupy your tongue with the tasbih of Allah. Because this is what befits this tongue. That it should do tasbih of Allah. So, وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ Tasbihahum. You do not understand their glorification. Halim Ghafur. Indeed, He is ever Halim and Ghafoor. Who is Halim? The one who's forbearing, and who is ghafoor, the one who is forgiving. Halim, Hilm, forbearance is basically that you have the power to punish, you have the power to discipline, you have the power to take revenge, but you don't. Think about it. How many times is it that we disobey Allah? So many times, right? We say things which are so disrespectful. But do we see the sky falling down on us? Do we see that something falls down on us and completely destroys us right there? No, it doesn't. But have you heard your parents, you're grounded, saying that to you? Hmm? Have you ever heard your parents saying to you, that fine, you didn't do this, now you can't have this. Because you didn't listen to me here, this is why you cannot have this. Are we halim as people? No way. We are so intolerant. One accident and your dad says, that's it, you can't drive the car anymore. That's it. And then you have to beg him and you have to do so much to appease him so that he will finally allow you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is halim and He is ghafoor. He forgives. What do we see in this ayah? All the creation is glorifying and praising Allah. Obeying Him. The question is, what are we doing? How moist is my tongue? with God's remembrance. How obedient am I to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my daily life? In my interaction with people, in my dealings with people. You want to say something? Of course. Everything, whether it's made by man or whether it's still in a form in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it. It is glorifying Allah. How? Like I said to you, Glorification is of two ways, right? Through state and also through speech. Speech, we don't understand. But state, meaning, like for example, metal, it will do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created it for. Right? So for example, if a person is using a piece of metal to make something out of it, it's not like the metal is going to slap him. No. I mean, you'll see that in cartoons, but that doesn't happen in real life. Why? Why? Because metal will only do what it's meant to do. Wood will only do what it's meant to do. Whatever Allah has taught it to do, whatever Allah created it for. So the obedience of every creature is what? It's tasbih. Because by its obedience to Allah, what is it doing? Showing, reflecting the greatness of the Creator. Clear? Okay. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat.
2: قُل لَّوْ كَانَ مَعَهُمُ آلِهَةٌ كَمَا يَقُولُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ لَأَتَوْنَ إِلَى ذِي الْعَرْشِ سَبِيلًا سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى عَمَّا يَقُولُونَ عُلُوًّا كَبِيرًا تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَن وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَلِيمًا غُفُوًّا
0: So great, yet forgiving. So powerful, yet tolerant. That is our Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You think about what kind of wrong things people say about allah but yet he lets them live and he keeps blessing them with life and with gifts and so many favors because that is allah he is great he is above any resemblance to
1: anything good alaykum. how consciously some people deny the existence of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the fact is that each cell in our body is so complicated and they're all signaling molecules, they're all communicating with each other. We have only scratched the surface in science when we study it. And so it's all following the commands of Allah. So every cell in our body is following the command and you know, consciously if we don't recognize his existence, it's a very sad thing. Yes.
0: And you know sabaha,
1: it literally means sabaha,
0: is to swim, to flow, to move quickly in air or in water. And if you think about it, every creature, I mean, the smallest part of it is what? It's an atom. And even that, constantly moving, moving, moving in obedience to Allah, doing what Allah created it for, doing what Allah ordered it to do. But here is man who thinks highly of himself. And what do we do? Just because we have learned a little bit, we deny Allah's existence. Just because we have seen a little bit of the world and we have gained a little bit of experience, we object at Allah's commands. Who are we? What are we?